Meeting the people in your community. Here's Lisa Kay with Talk of the Town. Back on Talk of the Town. I love it when we have our experts in the studio. Once again, joined by somebody from the Mankato Clinic. Uh, Our friends at Mankato Clinic like to send us uh, the experts to talk and we get to pick their brains. You get some free medical information Uh, And we've got Mary Van Ravenhorst in, who is a pediatric occupational therapist, but uh, pediatrics, but you also work with some adults as well. I do. Yep. I also work at the adult clinic at Maine. Well, why don't you tell us what an occupational therapist does? There are some of us that have never, I've never seen an occupational therapist. Why would I go? Well, occupational therapists help people across the lifespan to participate in the tasks that they want and need to do to get through their day. So Anything that you do during the day um, is considered an occupation. So Lisa, you probably got up this morning and you probably brushed your teeth and you ate your breakfast and you got yourself dressed. And that's three occupations right there that occupational therapists tend to work on. That's interesting because we hear the word occupation, occupational. We think of like maybe injuries on the job, which also includes. Which also is included. Yep, that certainly can be an area as well. But also pediatrics. So children, of course, learning how to get dressed and maneuver about their days as well. Absolutely. And so, you know, when you think about pediatrics, you know, occupations are different depending on your age and stage of life. And so for a child, uh, play is their work. And so as an occupational therapist, I tend to focus a lot on developmental play skills as a common a focus point as an occupational therapist. Can you tell us a little bit about why and how you chose this profession? Um, I think I chose it mostly because of the diversity that it provides. I mean, it, as an occupational therapist, there's such a wide variety of things that I can do. Um, I can specialize in pediatrics like I've been doing, um, but I can also work with adults and I can do some things with adult therapists or adult patients as well. Um, but there's also a variation I can work in with people with physical disabilities, or I can work with people with more behavioral health needs. Um, and then there are also occupational therapists that specialize even more acutely in things like hand therapy. And I, I assume that anybody that, that does something like this, you work with a ri- wide range of people in all walks of life and all ages and stages, um, but you really have to care about people to go into something like this. Definitely, definitely. I mean, occupational therapy is definitely a blend of arts and science and creativity um, with an interest in just working with with people and helping them to reach their maximum potential. So where did you come from as far as educational-wise? What does one need to be an occupational therapist? Well, I've been doing this for a few years, and so when I graduated, I graduated with a bachelor's degree from occupational therapy from the University of Minnesota. Okay. Um, now, My alma mater, too. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, it is a, a master's degree or a doctorate degree that's required, mm-hmm. um, and then, of course, we have to sit for an exam uh, through AOTA, which is the American Occupational Therapy Association. Okay. Um, and once we pass our exam, then we're able to register or get licensed within the state of Minnesota to provide occupational therapy. Best part of your job? Best part of my job is I get to go to work every day, Lisa, and play. And play. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Um, if, if families are needing occupational therapy for their children, and you said play is work, uh, what kind of things do you work with with children? That's a great question. So as an occupational therapist, you know, I really try to focus my therapy in play. 
Um, everything that the kids do is going to be very play-based and interactive. Of course, I focus on the important parts. I do the initial evaluation and I determine what the functional limitations are and why the, ther- the child might need therapy. But then I also focus on not only their impairments, but also what are their strengths and how can I play to those strengths to help them to improve where they're needing to work on other skills. Um, you know, therapy with play is, or therapy with kids is very play-based. And so to the kids, they're just playing a game. But my OT brain is always looking for creative ways to work on setting a just right challenge and helping them to develop their skills for greater independence. So what age would you start working with somebody and when do parents start noticing that their child might need some therapy in this area? Well, we work with kids from birth um, all the way up through the age of 18. And how would you work with somebody that has just been born? (laughs) You know, sometimes there are complications at birth that require some assistance. Um, Sometimes there are kids who have difficulty transitioning into sleep schedules, wake schedules. Mm. Sometimes there are kids that have difficulties with eating. And so we need to work with them on helping to develop some of their nutritive eating skills in order to take in the food that they need. You really have to know the whole entire body for this. Yeah, it it is definitely a a full body course. And when... uh Let's talk about intervention because as a parent myself, if I notice something with my children, it's it's always better to get that looked at before it becomes a problem. Yes. Before it becomes, I mean, because it might be uh, helpable, fixable. Absolutely. Yep. Early intervention is always helpful. Um, it's important to think about what's, you know, what are the needs? What are, what's going on? And, you know, using that parent gut sometimes to just kind of, if something doesn't feel right, it's okay to take a look and see if, is there something more to it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also maybe dealing with injury. Do you do that as well? If somebody has been injured as, as a child, my kids get injured all the time, right? I think I broke Absolutely. my leg when I was five. And um, I remember the doctor saying most five-year-olds won't break their leg. Telling my mom bones are pliable. And I was like, well, maybe mine aren't. But um, would you see somebody like that learning how to walk or move? Learning how to move and learning how to develop some of their play skills um, and certainly kids that have some sensory processing issues. Um, You know, we work on things like motor skills, being able to get dressed, um, zipping a coat or tying shoes, picking up a spoon and eating independently. Um, Sometimes we look at kids based on their cognitive skills, like developing their attention, processing um, to color a picture, Hmm. reading a book, playing with Legos. So it's not all physical. Some of of it's, you said, behavioral Mm -hmm. and emotional. Absolutely. What kind of work do you do there? Um, You know, again, sometimes it's helping them to develop, um, setting that just right challenge so that they can develop their skills and learn how to interact with kids, interact with peers on an age-appropriate level, helping them to learn how to calm themselves and and be able to regulate their emotional system so that they can interact with the world around them mm. and be able to learn from the environment. So kids that might need to work on sitting in the classroom and being able to focus so that the t- they can listen while the teacher's teaching, um, we can help them to work on some of those skills. So there's a lot of... Um now diagnosed ADHDs, ADDs, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you saying that some of those things could be helped with occupational therapy? 
we see kids with ADHD, um, with lots of attentional um, difficulties. Yes, we see them come into the clinic and we help to identify, again, their strengths as well as their weaknesses. And so we can help to identify what they might need in order to be um, able to progress and, and function at their highest level mm-hmm. of independence. Um, sometimes it's also helping to um, identify what their needs are and then helping to teach parents to set the environment for them to be successful. Mm-hmm. So helping them to adapt or compensate for some challenging areas and then helping them to be as independent as they can be. Are there things we can be looking for at home as parents for us, uh, maybe if we're not sure what what we're looking at? Um, are there certain it seems like kind of a broad question, but like, how would a parent go about noticing something? Um, well, depending on what it is, sometimes it's just a matter of, you know, how are they meeting their developmental milestones? Are they meeting them in a timely fashion? Or are you noticing that oh, we're not quite hitting those benchmarks? And they are benchmarks. Everybody develops individually. But if we're seeing, <laughs> some- that I, I just had this thought of that before you go to kindergarten or whatever it is that you have to go and you have to catch the ball. And my kids all caught the ball wrong. I thought, oh, there we go. I mean, but the benchmarks like that, are we talking about? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we want to look across the board. And so if we're if we're starting to see where we're having some difficulties meeting some of those those developmental milestones, then it's maybe worth having a conversation with an occupational therapist to determine where are they at with their developmental skills? And sometimes we'll have those assessments and we'll determine, no, they're, they're actually doing just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we can give you some sensory strategies or some home programming that you can work on at home to kind of help to develop a skill so that they can catch up to their peers. Um, or sometimes we will recommend some therapy for a period of time in order to work with them a little more uh, specifically to help them to develop and, and work on those skills at that time. And then you must be working with the parents as well, because I, I can only assume that you would have some things that they do in your clinic and then they would go home with like a homework type thing. Absolutely. And home programming is really critical for success. And so we try to send home activities and ideas and activities and programs that we can put together that um, families can continue with throughout the week because we get them for just a little snapshot of that week Mm -hmm. and parents are with them every day. And Mm -hmm. so they become the best teachers um, and they become the best mentors for their kids. And so it's a great opportunity for them to learn what what might be helpful and then be able to carry that over at home. How long are the appointments that you typically see people for? So our appointments range usually between anywhere between a 30-minute appointment to a 60-minute appointment. Um, Part of that time working specifically with the kids and having them work on developing some skills. But then part of that time also working with the parents to give them their home programming strategies to work on through Mm -hmm. the week. And then as as an occupational therapist, I assume that you have some um, continuing education that you have to do because things change and we learn more, right? Yes, absolutely. We require, are required to do continuing education both for um, our licenses as well as our certification as a therapist. How do people get to you? Is it something that we would, as a parent, go, hey, I'm concerned about this and call you directly or do we need to go through a general physician, a family physician? It is always a good idea to touch base with your physician. We do need a prescription in order to provide occupational therapy. And so um, you can certainly begin that process by talking directly to your primary provider and requesting an occupational therapy evaluation. 
But if you have questions about whether it's appropriate, you can always contact our office uh, at Pediatric Therapy Services, and our office staff is always willing to help answer questions. I'm going to ask you about that as we close out our interview in a bit, but um, now that we're kind of in the throes of winter where people are stuck in the house and looking for things to do, maybe the kids can't get outside and play, do you have any suggestions about how to keep, um, well, ourselves and our kids busy and active and things that are good for us to do? We live in a great environment as far as having opportunities available. And this year has been a wonderful year. Today, maybe not so much, but <laughs> so cold. it's been a, a wonderful year as far as being able to get out and play in the snow. And so great wintertime activities will include things like building a snowman or playing in the snow or ice skating and sledding, snowshoeing and skiing. And all of those are such wonderful opportunities that are available for us here in the Mankato area. And of course, we're very fortunate to have the Children's Museum here in Mankato. Oh, it's so much fun. And they do a fantastic job of having a variety of activities available for kids to play of all ages. Um, and so that's a great indoor opportunity that's available. I like to recommend uh, a great game of just going on an outdoor adventure hike and playing a winter game of I Spy. Mm. Um, it's amazing how the kids will have a difficult time identifying things under the lens of snow cover. And so it's kind of a great way to work on some visual perceptual skills and some memory and thinking to maybe activities you did in the past and how they're different now, now that the snow is on the ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. I I love to be able to get outside when, when my now I have teenagers who I'm lucky if I can get them to leave the room. Are there things that we need to be aware about with those older kids too, to try to try to get them outside and maybe off the computer a little bit? You know, exercise is important for everybody and it's important to get moving and get mobile and to stay active. Um, and yeah, our kids spend so much time on computers these days, not only having fun and gaming, but also just in their academic work, which is geared now so much more towards computers. And right. so activity level is important. Social interaction is so important. Um, and just doing things together as a family as well. You know, right now with the winter being so cold, you know, one thing that pops into mind is this is a great time for winter cookie baking. Mm. Um, you know, cutout cookies. Not so good for our waist. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> Cutout cookies become a great activity or a great um, opportunity to work on some fine motor skills and using the cookie cutters to cut them out, which is a great opportunity to use some eye-hand coordination. Mm -hmm. But not only that, you get the wonderful smells and tastes that are a great sensory experience for us as well. Right. And following instructions. Following instructions. Off the recipe card. I like that. Absolutely. So if we are... Um, Coming to see you, I, I like to ask this question of, of experts in their field. If you were coming to see yourself, what should be the questions that you would want asked? Ooh, if I were coming yeah, to see Yeah, if myself. you were coming to see yourself as a parent, maybe bringing a child to you, right. what questions should we be asking our provider as a parent? I think some of the big ones would be um, thinking about what, you know, asking for specific information as far as what, what I, what can I do? What can I do to help the situation or to work on the problem? Um, what are some tools that are available to me? Um, but also just knowing that, um, you know, what are the resources available to help with mm -hmm. that as well? Yeah, right. Always ask questions, advocate, and there are plenty of people um, that the Mankato Clinic sends us monthly to talk to, and we always know uh, that we have some great people in our community doing some good work. 
if people want to get more information on your department, they might not be able to make that uh, appointment directly with you, but if they want to learn more about you and read more about you and what you do mm-hmm. in the occupational therapy department, is the website the best place? Or You can certainly check us out on our website, um, yep, or you can certainly call and ask for information from the clinic as well. I'm going to put all that information below this in the show notes. You'll find that on KTOE.com on the blog section. And we've got Mary Van Ravenhorst and pediatric occupational therapist from Mankato Clinic. Thank you so much. Um, anything else you want to leave us with today? I think that covers a lot of it. This yeah. Is great. And I'm, thank you so much for letting me come in and share some information. I am hoping that we'll see you again. We've got Occupational Therapist Month coming up in, Correct. in yes. April, National right? National OT Month is in April. All right. Maybe we'll see you then. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. Thank you.